Hello and welcome to Men in Progress, the podcast of United Methodist Men of Treach, and it's part of the Life Plus God podcast series that Treach Memorial United Methodist Church sponsors here in Flower Mound, Texas. I'm your host, Dave Casey, a longtime member of the men's group here at Treach and just one of many men that are trying to live out our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, the living part is what we're really going to talk about today. Um, if you've been around Christianity for a minute or two, uh, you know a lot is made of becoming a Christian and winning people for Christ and uh, giving your life to Christ, and rightfully so. That's really what we talk about. Uh, but too often, I think, the uh, conversion side of the equation outweighs the, uh, the work side. And uh, it's really just about half of what it means to be a Christian. Throughout the Gospels, uh, Jesus calls us to live a life of service, to live, to, excuse me, to love and care for those that are less fortunate. And what that means and what that looks like is what this episode of Men in Progress is all about. So I've got three guys here to, uh, that we're going to discuss this with, three of my brothers from Treach, uh, Mr. Mike Sherwood, Kevin Cummings, and uh, this is a big risk, but uh, Doug Meyer, one of our pastors here at Treach. So that's right. We're bringing in a pastor. So you guys need to be on your toes, you know, because you're a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A game because, you know, there will be a test. There will be a test. So uh, I really. So, guys, welcome. And uh, for Doug, I guess this is this is your first time on this. Uh, This is my uh, even though we're in your office. Jump in the uh, deep pool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to see if you can tread water. Uh, So there you go. Mr. Sherwood, I don't think you've joined us before, have you? I haven't. Oh, well, this will be great. This will be great because this is right up your alley because this is what I know you for. And Mr. Cummings is a, is a veteran. Yeah, second time. Yeah, second time. So <laughs> I, technically it's a veteran, you know. So, so I ask you to join, uh, join us for this because you, you guys are intimately involved in some of our church's most profound areas of service. Um, and... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be the hands and feet of Christ, but I'm going to, um, first of all, explore what the different service areas you're involved with. So Mike, I want to start with you and talk a little bit about Habitat for Humanity, which I know you've been involved with for quite a while. I think, uh, our listeners probably have heard of Habitat from be, uh, Habitat and actually volunteered maybe for a time or two, but tell me, how did you get involved? I've been with Habitat since 90, which is about 32 years. We started a chapter in Pasadena, Texas. Uh, it's a, Habitat is a, is a way to get housing for people who can, who can have almost afford a house in the current market. What we do is we build houses with volunteer labor and sell that house at market value to a family. Uh, and they pay a mortgage that they can afford, uh, usually for a 30-year note. And at the end of 10 years, they can sell that house and, re- and acquire the equity, although most don't. Hmm. See, now, right away, I always thought that Habitat houses were given to people. But it's not that way. No, they, they have to, not only do they have to buy the house, again, at market value, um, but uh, they have to work 400 hours on another house in uh-huh. order to gain the right to buy that house. Wow. Wow. That's a great, well, that's a great involvement. That's a great, uh, 
I guess, progression mm-hmm. uh, in, in going through that. So Habitat is a, uh, is Habitat a Christian organization? It's Christian, but it, it, we do an interfaith build. We've done, this church has done three, uh, where we meet with Jews and Muslims and uh, believers. Believers but, of lots of kinds of faith yeah, traditions. Yeah. And we work together and build houses together, wow. and that builds relationships. So what do you think, what's the most meaningful thing for you uh, with Habitat? You've done it, obviously, a long, long time. I, I, I know certain, I know things about, about um, my life. I know that it's expensive being poor. Where yep. we say, yep. uh, why don't you just go buy a house? Well, you have to have established a, 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 a hit credit history and probably your parents were poor, so you didn't acquire equity, which you can use to establish. So, one, it's, it's, it's expensive to be poor. And secondly, it's easy to be forgotten. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of forgotten people. Um, and so, as, and I, 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 I carry that. I wear that. I think God told us through Christ that our job was to feed the hungry, mm-hmm. help those in jail, and... and Just help anybody that's less fortunate. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a perfect way to do it. Um, is it an opportunity for you to share your faith while you're participating in this? Sure. In fact, a lot of houses we've done, not every, we've written messages on the walls before we painted them. Uh-oh. We put crosses or... Uh, the Jews put in the Star of David. Sure. I mean... Uh, um, so in the right light, it might shine through the paint, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or if you buy really cheap paint. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing cheap about this. <laughs> well, that's excellent. And I guess the camaraderie of the build is an important part. It's huge. Yeah. I think even just getting to know people of other faiths and kind of where they're coming from. Well, we have to... Yeah. When you work with someone, yeah. you have to learn how they work. Yeah, yeah. And so there are rules in other faiths that I wasn't aware of. You don't touch women in the Muslim faith. Uh-huh. Um, so no no hugging there. No hugging. Yeah. And I'm a hugger. Yeah. So I can't be Muslim. <laughs> we'll get to you later. <laughs> You've got your own set of problems. <laughs> so, well, super. That is that is incredible. So that uh, you know, I've been I've worked on a couple of habitat builds, you know, over the years and uh and but it's um, it's certainly something that um, I've always admired, and I've always thought that uh, the uh, it is a way to uh, physically help someone less fortunate. It's not writing a check. It's not uh, dropping a coin in the in the bucket. You know, it's it's much more than that. And, and it, uh, it, it it builds it builds stability. Within a community. Within a community. Sure. Yeah. Those yeah. habitat houses in in Homestead, the habitat houses and the Homestead Hurricane in Florida, yeah. the habitat houses were the ones that, that hung up. Really? We, That's our telling. Our stayed. Yeah. So, because we we build a superior yeah. product. You, you've got good. And, and as a carpenter, and I'll, re- I'll reveal that. That's your job. You're a carpenter. So you're unique in the habitat community, you know, I think a lot of us that go just don't know which end of the hammer to use. 
and you're a guy that uh, you know what's what's right <laughs> when it comes to that sort of thing. So that's awesome. That's incredible. So uh, now we're going to get to Mr. Cummings. Uh, <laughs> and we touched on this a little bit in our last visit with, with Kevin. But uh, Honey Dudes, tell me about Honey Dudes. So about 14 years ago, we decided we were going to start a new mission, help out military wives whose husbands are deployed, single moms and widows. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of built and built and built. We've seeded other churches. We hear those churches are seeding other churches. But uh, whatever two guys can knock out in an hour, hour and a half, we dispatch two guys. Uh, whether it's cha- changing out a ceiling fan, uh, removing a dead bush, I- anything that's just usually on the honey dudes list. Mm-hmm. The Mr. Fix It. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So how, um, how is it organized? I mean, how do people access this? Um, honeydudes.us is the website. If you want, uh, you can always call me directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if I should give my phone number right, <laughs> no, right now. No, you probably don't but, do that. But, uh, 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 people do call me directly in, in this community yeah. uh, and the people that run the other churches that are doing the same thing. Wow. So a couple of neat things really came out of this experience. Uh, I love the growth. Uh, that means it's a God-driven thing. It's not a Kevin-driven thing, which I'm very thankful for. But we have 60 volunteers here in the Louisville, Flower Mound, Highland Village, Double Oak area from six different churches. Wow. So there is some interfaith, interfaith going on there also. Yep, yep. Uh, and it's, it's built a lot of good relationships between men that didn't maybe even know each other. It gave them a way to plug in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and um, I, I think I know this answer before I ask it, but uh, do you see this involvement? And I know that you're the, you kind of had the idea, but there were a lot of people that, that came along and, and, uh, and made this happen. But um, do you see this this service as a way to share your faith with others? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, at, at the end of every honey dude that we do, we always pray up the lady that requested the help mm-hmm. and thank her for allowing us to be the hands and heart of Christ. Wow, wow, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. Hey, there's another bonus, just a, a real quick aside. Um, one of the things that we didn't think of going in but has been such a blessing is taking our young men with us to teach them how to be good husbands later in life. Mm-hmm. T- I'll tell you right now, my, my youngest son has over 250 hours of volunteer stuff and he can wow. change the ceiling fan out in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you actually have to be a, a widow or to request? I mean, could I change my voice and get you to take care of my ceiling fan? We prefer <laughs> never to say no. Okay. Now, if, if it's doing electrical and standing water, yeah. we're going to say no, yeah. okay? If, if it was, if uh, there was a lady that was so funny, she's about 95 pounds and about 95 years old, and she asked me point blank to my face, you're, you're Kevin with the honey. I was like, yes, ma'am. And she goes, can you send a couple of guys over to help me out? And I was like, uh, yeah, I, I guess, what are, what, are we, what are we doing? And she goes, well... Um, I need you to send some brawny guys. I'm like, what are we going to do with these brawny guys? And she goes, I can't push down hard enough on the 20-ton jack, but I can slide the shims in. (laughs) And I went, what are we jacking? And she goes, I have an A-framed house that needs to be leveled every year or two. And I was like, 
no, we don't do that. Get it engineered. We, we don't do that. I can see one click and popping all the pipes you know, yeah, at the same yeah. time. Wow. Sounds like she'd done it a few times on yes. her own. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. So, you know, um, whenever Christians and churches read out, reach out to help the less fortunate, um, I think it can be meaningful to help those close to the church uh, here in our community. Obviously, Habitat, Honey Dudes, we're right here local. We're doing stuff right down the street. Uh, it treats, though, we made a decision in addition to that, uh, to long ago, we made a decision to help those a world away in, in, a, in a country called Mozambique. And uh, so we've had a 20-year history of helping a, a community in that uh, in that country. And I know Mr. Doug has been uh, involved with that from time to time. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about what Treach's history is with Mozambique and, and kind of what that ministry looks you like? Know the, yeah, I'd be happy to. The simplest is a, um, it's really kind of an ironic um, God thing. Uh, two sisters, Marilyn and Barbara, were on a trip, um, not a mission trip, just a trip to Africa. And they came upon a little community and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. There, there are two that we serve, Chikuki and Cambini. Mm-hmm. I think they were in Chikuki. I don't know that. Or along the path. That's the one I've heard of yeah. more, I think. Yeah. And um, because of who they are and their uh, kindness, they struck up a conversation with a young man, and that begat that, begat that. And pretty soon they were talking about... Uh, you know, how might we help you? I mean, it literally was just this domino of care and compassion and uh, a connection, I guess would be the other uh, C word. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was all around, at first, learning English and oh. uh, connection. And this young man was so overtaken, and as were they, about the prospects and possibilities that um, it was a God thing, I guess. Wow. One of those transparent, God, wow. transparent God moments where God said, you know, I think maybe we got a connection here. So and just two members of the church. Yeah, yeah, and they start came back. This. Yeah, and I think it was um, previous pastor Jim Osier mm-hmm. that they got all excited, and he said, "Hey, maybe we need to go back." And um, every year, for there for a while, and then of late with COVID and world circumstances, yeah, it hadn't been yeah. quite every year. But there's been kind of a different iteration of the focus. I found out today that Charlie Correll, a beloved church member, mm-hmm. uh, engineer. Um, man of many trades and much wisdom, uh, helped build the original bridge that was a part of uh, accessing, actually, the community. Because wow. it was cut off by a creek that would flood often. And so it's from uh, something as, you know, uh, I don't know, mundane, basic, basic, yeah, yeah, basic yeah. to, uh, you know, medical care that we offer now. Wow. Wow. So, and I, and I know... Um, through my involvement with Treach, just over the years, um, it seems like each time we go there, we're focused on a little bit different mission or a different need. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some, I'm sure, repeat themselves because it's just uh, kind of what happens. Uh, but it's, um, and I know from our standpoint, uh, just as a member of the church, it's a, it's a well-known thing. I mean, everybody knows that's one of our big missions. Exactly. That's what yeah. we do. And it's, you know, it, um, gosh, we don't have enough time tonight, how I kind of fell into my opportunity to go, but it's both, um, some people see it and utilize it as a giving opportunity. Mm -hmm. It it takes a lot of money 
to do sure. anything over there. Um, some people use a lot of money to get there. It, it's a, it's not a cheap trip. Yeah. It's a commitment both of uh, resources and time. But, um, you know, golly, from those uh, early years, it's grown to um, a, a quite uh, respectable building called the Center of Hope. I don't know how many tens of thousands of square feet it is, but it's... Uh, wow. Yeah, wow. no, it's a center for much activity. We've helped uh, add on a, a labor and delivery wing to the hospital. Wow. We have of late, and I'm excited to see how this is going to turn out, uh, helped fund um, entrepreneurial opportunities to begin a sanitation service because that's just not a part of the culture there. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, imagine if you live somewhere where there is nobody every Wednesday to pick up your trash. Yeah. Wow. And uh, New York and, City. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then just the the domino, right? You got yeah. trash, you got yeah. rats, you got rodents, you got nasty water, you, you know, and that just yeah. gets culture of not caring. Yeah. So, yeah, I well, mean, that's just a, a, a fast flyover of all the different things we've done. The other thing that I've seen that's most gratifying, it's the, um, it's the constant connection. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Americans in general and in maybe some charities in general are kind of guilty of kind of parachuting in. We're going to help you, give you all this stuff, and then we're gone. You know, we right. uh, yeah. we get back on the cruise ship and do whatever we're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this constant friendship and, and relationship between Treach and these communities, I think, is one of the most important things. And Absolutely. there's people that we saw as children that have now graduated college. and Oh, phenomenally so. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, um, gosh, there are young men who were part of that early um, – effort, I guess, by Barbara Maryland, mm-hmm. who now have phenomenal jobs. One with the uh, UN representing um, um, Mozambique. One with a global agency whose name I'm not going to remember, which is about global funding. Wow. Uh, education there is highly, highly esteemed. And as a part of that, uh, if I go to college, it is uh, my responsibility to help my next sibling, yeah. male or female, yeah. go to college then that's their opportunity. And so, um, yeah, there, there are long, long relationships. And the, when I went and, uh, you know, unfortunately it's been almost 10 years now, uh, there were almost like little mini reunions, people who had been, uh, who had benefited from previous opportunities were really excited to come back and wow. say, wow. Hey, look, look who I am, look where I yeah. am. And, um, you know, I think in their eyes, uh, uh, Marilyn and Barbara probably will someday be sainted. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to they're going to have statues <laughs> in the courtyard. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure they would abhor, but I mean they, they would, would hate it. Yeah, they, you know, if, if they would deserve them. Yeah, sure. definitely. So, so Doug, I have a question on on Mozambique and that okay. that ministry or that uh, that service opportunity in in general. Um, Certainly, there's plenty of need here in North Texas and the rest of the U.S., and many would question, why do we send our support to the other side of the globe? You know, what? how, how do you address that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll be honest with you, I, um, I wondered that as well. And I think it's fair, um, you know, I think our relationship with Mozambique is a, uh, it's a it is a, uh, we have had and we have and we will have for the foreseeable future. Um so it is that which we are going to go do 
now. We have a history. We have an established process over there. Mm -hmm. I think that there is nothing that says uh, somebody who kind of has an entrepreneurial spirit and a passion uh, couldn't start a new mission likewise. You know, there was, I think for a while it was, let's laser focus in on that one thing and funnel resources and time and people in that. And of course, you know, the reality is we already kind of had a, a, a kinship because of Marilyn and Barbara's uh, relationships. You know, one of the really important things that's just real practical on the ground, boots on the ground. If you know somebody where you're going and they have kind of plowed the road already. Yeah, it can be much huge, more effective. It's yeah. a, and it's a huge help because you've yeah. already built up a trust level and you've already yeah. got, you know, mechanisms yeah. and all that. So, so the results actually kind of drive that. You know, the fact well, that we yeah. can be effective. We and can we have had a history there. We have been yeah. effective. Yeah. Uh, is that to say we couldn't equally be as effective in any area within a, you know, 5, 15, 50-mile radius? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there is uh, nothing holding us or anybody else back that can't be addressed by the Holy Spirit in an entrepreneurial <laughs> uh, spirit. And let's just be real honest, some funding. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, so. People need to to yeah. uh, to show up, and yeah. we show up in a lot of different ways, right? Um, so, yeah, man, that's a really, really hard thing, and I have at times been kind of skeptical about it, and at times a big cheerleader for it, and um, it's not for everybody. Sure. It is for the person yeah. who really is willing to. Uh, you know, for me, I had had a huge fear of almost all of my <laughs> life of going out that far out of my comfort zone and um you know if maybe somebody else's comfort zone says hey i could uh i think i could handle uh an english-speaking country like belize (laughs) or costa rica or something where they have good diving nice beaches yeah absolutely you know what all the good stuff uh sometimes the holy spirit uses interesting looking carrots (laughs) to get the work of the kingdom yeah so mike and kevin what do you guys think about that i mean it's um not that the Mozambique uh, effort takes away from your efforts at all. But what do you think about us as a church reaching out to other parts of the world and, and when there's plenty to be done down I, the street? I really hope you, you, mm. let me tell two real quick things. Uh, you asked earlier about, do we help out men basically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a pastor out to pastor. Um, he was fooling everybody um, and mowing his front yard but he had a degenerative uh, ankle disease and he couldn't stand for more than 20 minutes. He'd have to rest for 20. His backyard was a jungle. Wow. We went over there and knocked it out with about 12 volunteers. Okay. We were there for about an hour and a half. That guy lives two streets from me. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There's ample opportunities here. Sure. There, there, there really is. Um, but I hope you were in that Bible study with Dave, when we were talking about, he goes, I just don't feel like going to yeah. Mozambique. It's yeah. just, I, I'm not feeling that calling. Yeah. And Chris Dunham starts laughing and he goes, well, I can assure you, God doesn't want a reluctant Christian doing a crappy job in another yeah. country. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And wasn't it, uh, and the irony Chuck of that. Mosley said, yeah. I, I, I think we need to make up some t-shirts with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, uh, ironically, and, and that was Chris's lookout. You know, he, he says, I can do what I can do, but I'm not going to go to Kenya and do anything. He has a, an incredible ministry in Kenya now. So, I mean, it, things change. Mike, well, how about your take on it? Yeah, I've been to, I've been on, on missions in Guatemala and Mozambique and, mm-hmm. and Nicaragua, and, and it's changed me. So, to yeah. start with, 
why are we doing this? Are we are we in sanctification or are we in comfortization? Yeah. And it has made me a, a better person. And the second thing is that I guess I we all go where we're called. Yeah. And if God calls me to Mozambique, then I'm going to Mozambique. And sometimes I don't even have a choice. Um, yep. So uh, there's hungry people in a one a block from here. Sure. So nothing in the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says instead, go to Corinth. Yeah. Go leave Rome, leave Palestine, leave and go away. And yeah. so we do what we do the way God yeah. calls. Us. And there's no reason we can't do both. And there's no reason we can't do both. Yeah. 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 And you know, I guess in Matthew where he says, you know. Did you, you know, when you see me hungry, naked, in prison? I mean, there's nothing that stops any of us from going and doing. It doesn't have to be, you know, hey, sign up at the church. You know, um, all of that does not have to happen under any kind of uh, treat-sanctioned correct event. I, I yeah. will tell you one last little funny story. So, a long time ago, when I said yes to being called into ministry, I said yes, but I had like a, a big asterisk by it, and I said, okay, God, I think. Uh, here's my the Doug plan, God. And God probably just folded God's arms. It's like, okay, give it to me, big boy. And it was, I, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to marry or bury. And God forbid, thank you, God, I would ever go to like a place where I'm uncomfortable. And I said out loud, Africa. <laughs> and now 32 years later, I have married and buried and preached and gone to Africa. <laughs> and so I've also learned, I just keep my mouth shut. Yeah, I don't say yeah. to God anymore. Hey, here's what I'm not doing. Uh, you know, cause it's, um, I think the other thing is, and, and this, I don't think it's enough push. It is life changing for the receivers. It's life changing for the giver. Yeah. And, um, you know, the big V word vulnerability, man, that scares the crap out of most of us to think I'm going to, uh, release the control over my life to God. And God goes, oh, okay, that's cool. We're going to go to fill in the blank, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It yep. could just be, you know, neighbor's yard yeah. or habitat or, or wherever. But, man, when we're not the directors of our own show, whoo. Yeah. It's amazing what can get done. I mean. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I, I imagine, um, given the length of time you guys have served and uh, the, some of the vignettes and things that have happened, that there's been emotional stories that you can relate. So I'm going to put you guys on the spot, and I'll start with you, Mike. Can you remember a particular habitat build where uh, something really emotionally touched you, what happened, either either during the build or as a consequence of it? There's a, there's an, a time at the end of the build when we give the keys to the new owner. Yeah. And that's always a, a time of... of um, Excitement and and as I've gotten as I've gotten older, um, more tender. I'm sure. I'm yeah. Getting, and so, um, two houses ago, the Tamar family, the the father was a doctor. In his home country in Africa, and I don't remember which country honestly. Um, here he was driving a cab. Yeah, isn't that and, amazing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> The land of opportunity, <laughs> uh, but he had he had a cab to drive. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and that and that just was. There's something about um, giving a person an opportunity to 
raised their family. Sure. That he had seven kids. Oh. I, I, uh, Just that safety and that. Uh, well, it's generational shelter. change. That's sure. the thing. We're that's what we're talking about in Mozambique. Yeah. That's what we're talking about with honey dudes. We're changing. Not just that one person, but we're changing the lives of their families, sure. of their kids, and of their kids' it's kids. It's a change of vector. That's really right. Is. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those ceremonies. I've not been to one when the keys are presented, but uh, I, I need to make a point. to. First of all, I need to make a point to get off my butt and go volunteer to help, <laughs> and then uh, secondly, attend that. But uh, They've shown up as 90% of it. Yeah. So we've got the easy A. well i know you've got a probably a boatload of instances but is is there any that stand out to you kevin there's a huge one that stands out because every time we see the church uh this is the photograph (laughs) that's behind me um there was a lady who had her daughter living with her because her daughter went through a divorce and this lady was in her mid-70s you know maybe 80 and we're moving stuff out of the garage. And I see the lady kind of like disappear a little and flop down in a chair. And you could just tell like her world was being ripped out of her. She was yeah. feeling so bad for her daughter. Yeah. So I walked over and I knelt down in front of her and uh, I took her hand and said a very quiet, intimate prayer with her. Okay. My wife catches me. <laughs> couple days later and she said I want to show you something I was like what and she goes Garrett showed this to me after your last honey dudes now this is almost 10 years ago he snapped a picture of me kneeling down and praying with a lady that had a broken heart that I had never met before that day okay and what it does to the kids is I see it as they no longer dad dad reads the bible dad studies the bible changes it into dad's doing the Bible. Living out the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. For it to affect him to where he took a picture and had to share it with my wife, I just yeah. was, it, it kills me every single time. Yeah, that would me as well. I mean, that's, uh, that's incredible. So it's a lot more than hanging ceiling fans and fixing leaky pipes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's way beyond that. It really is. Yeah, really that's is. tremendous. Okay, Doug, how about your uh, Mozambique experience? You know, it... Um, really know where to start i think one of the ones that was the most striking was when i went uh i really think they didn't know what to do with me because i really don't have any skills (laughs) other than uh comedic relief comedic relief preach a little talk pray and just you know pet people you know i did not have an encourager you know influencer there you go yeah but um they had scheduled me to have appointments and I will call it, they presented me as like a quasi-counselor. Uh-huh. And um, a lady came in, and uh, an elderly lady, older than me, and, um, but. A little closer. Oh. Yeah. And said, uh, now mind you, I, uh, I only speak English, and roughly at times. Yeah. They speak um, Portuguese primarily. Wow. And she had a little bit of English. But the long and the short of the story was she had been discarded, which is not unheard of in that culture. Uh, It's a very patriarchal culture. Mm -hmm. And if uh, dad or grandpa is just weary of you, uh, all he has to do is uh, moderately disable you. 
And I say moderately only in that they take a machete and they will cut off a couple of fingers. Wow. And then you're no longer capable of using that hand. Wow. So she uh, was now um, discarded. And uh, she couldn't go back to her home. She couldn't Mm -hmm. go back to his family. And she had lost, I forget which hand, but uh, two or three fingers. And I was um, shocked, overwhelmed, naive, uh, confused. You know, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And uh, listen to her. And I I really think maybe she thought I had uh, access to hey, can you get me a job at the hospital or can you do that or can you do... And um, I don't know. It's one of those moments in like a a pastor's life where I I look back and like I can see her right now. I can close my eyes and see her right in front of me and um, I have no idea. Uh, I trust that God through the Holy Spirit touched her life Mm -hmm. because I felt very inept yeah, and uh, overwhelmed. That's not something they cover in seminary. There was never a class on that in seminary. <laughs> uh, but you know, part of the part of the whole Mozambique experience is going there yeah. and just entering into the uh, the experience. Yeah, and the I, culture. I truly that, think yeah. it's more life changing for us because it took my worldview and just blew it up, and uh, my sense of who I am and what's it mean to be a pastor yeah. or to hurting people. And so maybe yeah. I don't know. And the only thing I somehow reckon is I showed up. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, a man, I think a man uh, representing, uh, you know, in her mind, been hurt. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. And, uh, so I tried to be the Christ caring guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Wow. And I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. I tried and do that. So, um, and this is a little lighter, but still on the same track, I guess. Um, um, when you're talking to others, how would you express to them um, maybe the impact of, of, of leading a life of service and why they might want to consider doing that? So, Mike, have you talked to people and recruited people to Habitat and just said, you know, this is a great opportunity and you'll get a lot out of it, just trust me? Or how do you do that? Well, there, there's lots of facets to it. Uh, Doug just talked about... Um, the, the emotional aspect to it, and, and doing something for someone else just, well, for me, it's, it's one of my spiritual gifts is sure. service. And so yeah. doing something for someone else buoys me up. That's how, when I talk about Christ, that's what I talk about, yeah. how Christ affected me, not how Christ is going to change you because— yeah. I don't know how Christ is going to change. But you. you can tell about your experience. I can talk about my experience. Yeah. And yeah. and the other piece of it that is that it, it it trains a lot of people in a lot of really much like honey dudes in common household problems. Let mm-hmm. me teach you how to fix a how to change a fan. Let yeah. me teach you how to hammer a nail. We take yeah. little kids, six well, seventeen year olds, yeah. and it's their first time ever holding a hammer. Yeah. And they don't know how to do it. And and by the end of the day, they're hammering a nail. And that's pretty yeah. exciting to see. And then you ship them off to Honey Dudes and yeah. say, hey, you know, I've got another gig for you. Right? <laughs> that's awesome. So, Kevin, you know, I've been on a couple of Honey Dudes deals, actually with my son as well. And it, uh, it made a lasting impression on him as, as well. And, and, uh, and, and it's, uh, I would say, um, 
I don't know. Do you, when you talk to people about it, how do you describe it or how do you encourage people to become a part of it? So when we testify, well, how I get people to volunteer is different than when we testify. Okay. <laughs> the volunteer thing was, uh, with, with, with Reverend Lyle Benson. Yeah. Remember uh, Lyle? Yeah. We had three different meetings, uh, and it was over a coldie yeah. and I had sign up sheets at the top that said James one twenty seven. And when the guys would come over, I'd yeah. you know buy them whatever they wanted, soda, yeah. you know, coffee, a, a coldie, whatever. But I said, "Do you know what this James one twenty seven is?" And they said, "No." And I go, "Then you really need to sign up for this." Yeah. <laughs> That's how we got the original. You'll at least learn that verse, okay. won't you? <laughs> but the testimony part of it is truly, I believe every man is born with a hole in his heart. Okay, and we try to fill it with every worldly thing and, and make mistake after mistake after mistake, whether it's drinking or smoking or women or gambling, or you fill in the blank money. I mean, you, you try to fill in this hole that's in your heart. You finally give your life over to Jesus Christ and that hole in your heart is gone. But then what? Yeah. Okay. We took a little test a while ago to find out what people's, well, what their passion was, but also what their gift was. And I teased Doug about this. I didn't need to take the test. Servant is like scrolled across yeah. my forehead. Yeah. And he said, what's your passion? I said, women, which is why you probably don't want me talking from the altar. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a little dance that whole time I was up there yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but an administrator needs to do something administratively in, in a yeah. church. Uh, a, a healthcare person that's passionate about healthcare needs to, you know, healthcare of the kids in the, in the Sunday school. It's whatever your passion is. If, if Jesus has really taken root, you feel compelled to serve in the way that you can sure. and are equipped. And match it up. You know, yes. Just match it up. Because there's a ton of, ton of service needed in all different aspects. I should not be somebody that yeah. does paperwork. Yeah. Period. Okay. Yeah. It just, it goes very badly. Yeah. I've, I've got a good friend that's done a lot for this church. And he says, you know, the, the worst thing you do is put him on a committee. Because he said, one thing is he destroys the committee. But, <laughs> but uh, that's not his, you know, area of service. So I think it's it's imperative that each of us kind of figure out what we do best and, and, and embrace that. So, and in, in, in Doug, in talking to people about Mozambique specifically, uh, is it something where you talk to them like, well, maybe you should try and go sometime or I know a lot of us have supported Mozambique remotely, but I, it, it's, is it, it, to me, it seems like it would be kind of the pinnacle to actually go there and do that. You know, I think maybe you're right. I think it, um, I think it is an experience that a person has to, um, you know, and we say this a lot of times about different things. Hey, I really think you need to pray about that. But it, uh. It's a stretching experience yeah. in that, um, you know, it stretches you somewhat financially. It's a pretty uh, substantial time commitment. For most of us, It uh, we are uh, going into um, literally a foreign land. We don't speak the language. Right. We have no clue about the food. Um, and what, what are we going to do and give and contribute? So it's, it is... Uh, Amazingly holy, how God takes that and uses it for good over there. Yeah. And I think it's both um, good for the receiver and good for the giver. And, uh, you know, we, we are, uh, as Westerners, we like to manage, direct, control things. 
And again, that's another part of going over there and releasing control because everything that we think uh, makes for a good experience is not valued. Yeah. yeah. There are good outcomes, but uh, don't worry about being on time. Don't worry about finishing a project. Don't worry about uh, a budget. Don't worry about who's going to show up that day. Uh, Because all of those um, are such fluid variables over there because there are so many other things that are variables that are taking the participants away sure. on any given day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, it could be like showing up at a honeydews or habitat day and saying, hey, we're going to really do a lot today. Uh, and part of that's dependent on electricity. Well, it could be that you're in that season of time where you're not going to have any power for 48 hours. <laughs> so you've got to be able to scramble, punt, and yeah. put, you know, new game plan. Today we're digging. Today, yeah, today we're <laughs> so. digging. Or, oh, and by the way, we don't have any shovels. Yeah, today yeah. we're doing this or today yeah. we're doing that. But, it, um, you know, it. Um, I think it is a good and right experience for yeah. all of us yeah. to get out of our safest place and go to that thing we imagined that we don't have anything to give or do, whether it's Mozambique or any third world country. Uh, you know, I mean, we joke around here a lot about how we live in the, you know, the Highland Village. The bubble. Around bubble, yeah, right. The bubble. Well, I mean, this, this is like, Dorothy, this is not Kansas. I mean, it's just <laughs> a whole nother uh, phenomenal, I can't even put into words. I wish I yeah. had my photograph. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, I think overall, when I sense it in, in talking to all of you guys, um, you guys epitomize servant leadership that you guys are willing to serve with no expectation of return, uh, no expectation of a quid pro quo, that uh, you're just there to help and, and just there to do the best that you can for someone else. And uh, that's why I love this church. That's why I love uh, this men's group, I'll tell you. So there you have it. This is uh, episode number eight, believe it or not, of Men in Progress. We hope that you are blessed in some way with our discussion and will join us for our next one. I want to thank my brothers from Treach, Doug Meyer, Mike Sherwood, and Kevin Cummings for joining me and the church production team for helping put this together. As, uh, as we say in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And certainly this group is an epitome of that. So uh, until we meet again, uh, let's all try to just be Christian men, to be better fathers, better husbands, better leaders and just better. I'm Dave Casey, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the Treach services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.